And there's so many lessons that can be learned. If you have an insatiable curiosity, you have high humility, and you're willing to listen more than you speak. Listening is, I think, one of the most underappreciated skills out there because people talk about communicating well, communicating succinctly, but at the same time, the other side of the coin is listening. Welcome to Think Deeply, Speak Simply, brought to you by Presentium, a show about the art and science of communicating ideas and how everyday leaders unlock their careers with great communication. And now, here's your host, Jay Rook. From observing PowerPoints to firsthand points of view, there are many ways to learn and take in new information. But in the realm of business communication, one of the best ways to learn is by listening. Simply listening and absorbing information from mentors, bosses, peers, and employees is one of the best ways to learn the skills that you need to succeed and make better informed decisions. In this episode, our guests make compelling cases to define listening as an underrated art form. Our first guest is best-selling author, speaker, and thought leader on leadership, Scott Miller. His most recent book, Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds, shares what he learned from listening to a panoply of highly successful people. He's joined by Pradeep Shantharam, Director of Strategy and Planning at Cisco, who shares his practical techniques on how to become a better listener. And as a counterpoint, he details the potential consequences that a lack of listening can bring to the workplace culture. And with that, let's welcome Scott Miller to the show. Scott, good to see you. Jay, man, thank you for the platform and the spotlight. We are very happy to have you here today and talk about your new book and all things Scott Miller. So we're stoked you're here. Scott, you're the former CMO and EVP of Thought Leadership at Franklin Covey, and you're also a keynote speaker, a best-selling author, a podcast host, and a columnist for Inc. Magazine. Tell us about your why and some of your favorite topics that you write and speak about. Well, my why is now I'm a parent. Like you and many listeners, I have three sons of my wife, Stephanie, here in Salt Lake City that are ages five, seven, and nine. And I see they're coming home from school right now, so hopefully they'll be quiet. My entire career, three decades, has been in leadership, right? In sales leadership, marketing leadership, as an executive officer in a public company, I'm privileged to host the world's largest weekly leadership podcast. So I guess my why is fatherhood. My what is oftentimes leadership. I write mostly about leadership topics, sometimes marketing topics. But the book that I've just recently released, Master Mentors, is a collection of 30 insights from some of the greatest minds that have been on the podcast that I host called On Leadership with Scott Miller. So I guess that's my why and my what right now. Love that. Thank you. I appreciate the, uh, the response. And to that end, uh, congrats on recently publishing your newest book, as you said, uh, Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. And in the book, you interview 30 different leaders and share your lessons learned from them. What was your inspiration in writing the book? And uh, what do you hope your readers will get out of it? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, you know, I was an officer for the Franklin Covey Company for several decades, 25 years there. And Dr. Stephen R. Covey, our founder, was very known as popularizing the idea of having an abundant mindset as opposed to a scarce mindset. So I try to live my life with abundance. And this podcast has now become the largest in the world on leadership. It's about 7 million people each week. I realized that we were privileged to interview all these amazing best-selling authors and business titans and CEOs and celebrities. And oftentimes, Jay, they said something profound off air, like the minute before we went on or the three minutes afterwards, right? And so I wanted to publish a book with their permission, all of them granted permission, that shared 
an individual insight from each of them, because I think there are hopefully millions of people who will buy this book around the world and perhaps integrate one of the lessons or the insights that these very successful people have offered up, not only from their successes, but sometimes from their own failures and setbacks as well. So I'm just trying to be abundant and shine a spotlight on as many successful people as possible so that the rest of us can kind of shortcut our own way to success and learn from them. I love that. What were some of the most surprising things you learned in your conversations with these master mentors? Well, I don't know if I learned anything consistently surprising. I did learn some consistent lessons. And that is, you know, of 175 episodes in three years, what they all have in common is an indefatigable work ethic. Whether you are a Pulitzer Prize winning author or a four-star general or a number one best-selling author or a business CEO, these people work hard. They play hard, but they work hard. They don't take anything for granted. They recognize there's no such thing as overnight success. There is overnight fame, but there's no such thing as overnight success. So that's a consistent insight I take. There's no shortcuts to success. You have to build your influence. You have to behave yourself into being trustworthy. Other people have to deem you trustworthy. You can't be trusted based on your own you know, preference. And they all also have an abundance mentality, right? These people write books and build businesses, not because they desire fame. It often comes as a end result, but they want to build careers and build people's opportunities. They want to give back and share their lessons. So that's a commonality. Maybe that was surprising, but it was very consistent across all the guests. I love it. Scott, in your experience, how does our level of listening change when we're working with a mentor versus, say, listening to a data-heavy presentation? So this one's more around you know, the, the way that we listen and kind of dial into deeper information intake. You know, listening is a leadership competency, right? Just like communicating, selling, reading a P&L. This is a marriage competency, a parenting competency, a relationship competency. So all of us should be aware at our need to improve our listening skills. I don't know anybody that asked them to raise my hand, raise their hand. Who's a poor listener? Like no one raises their hand, right? Everybody says, I'm a good listener because you're not self-aware to your previous question. I think the answer is in your question is be aware of your propensity to interrupt, to, oh yeah, 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 I got that. Or yeah, 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 I do that, right? It's, it's just be quiet, close your lips. When you're in a mentoring session, you should be doing about 80% of the listening and probably 20% of the talking. Ask the right questions. For example, Jay, if you were mentoring how to have a great podcast, which you could do, or how to have a great podcast and then pivot to a different podcast, which you could do. I should be, as a mentee, I should be very thoughtful about the questions that I'm asking, not just top of mind, extemporaneous questions that I think make me look smart or sound smart, but be really thoughtful. What does Jay potentially know? Or what do I need to know? Ask that question in an open-ended way, and then be quiet and take notes. Be quiet and take notes. Be quiet and take notes. And let that person just talk until they are done. Maybe ask a clarifying question, a follow-up question, or maybe say anything else on that topic, Jay, that I should know. And then be quiet and take notes. This is not your therapist. This is not your coach. This is not your best friend. This is a person who is mentoring you on their journey and you should be really mindful of not trying to impress them, not trying to dominate the conversation, 
but just absorb with an insatiable curiosity the mistakes and the successes they're willing to share with you. It's tough. It's counterintuitive for most of us. Yeah. And, and I think about my own mentoring sessions where I feel like we've almost gone over time, but the mentor's still very passionately talking about a subject and I'm almost cutting them off thinking I'm abusing the time. And to, to your point, it's like, no, just, just keep listening. Just be quiet. Let them listen. Let them talk. Let them talk. Let them talk and listen. And then as the mentee, you have to be able to discern what is valuable and what is not, right? Mm-hmm. Is is this, what can I take from this? How do I twist to that idea? Yeah, well, I don't have a, you know, an MBA from Stanford and I didn't ride horses in Madison Square Gardens, so I can't do that. But what can I learn from that? You know, how did they get into that group? Or there's so many lessons that to be learned. If you have an insatiable curiosity, you have high humility and you're willing to listen more than you speak which is tough for me too. Always. Scott, in your book, Management Mess to Leadership Success, you outline various steps to become a leader that you would actually want to follow. Yeah. What's your relationship with listening and becoming a leader and has that evolved over the course of your career? No question. As I mentioned, listening is a leadership competency. I think as Dr. Covey said it wisely, the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, most of us listen with the intent to respond, not with the intent to understand. And it was Liz Wiseman's book, Jay. Liz Wiseman wrote a very famous book called Multipliers. I highly recommend people buy that book after, of course, you buy Master Mentors, right at the same time. And, you know, Liz Wiseman talks about how as leaders, our job is to multiply talent. Our job is not to be the smartest person in the room. Our job is not to be the genius, but rather the genius maker of others. And when your job is to ignite the genius in others, you're listening. You're uncovering, you're discovering, you're igniting, you're listening to, so what is their natural genius? What does Jay do really well that Jay may not know that I can help to ignite? And you do that usually by listening to your passions, your fears, your talents, your ideas, asking people, what do you want to accomplish? What does a great career look like for you? What are your concerns? What are your fears? What makes you excited to come to work each day? These are great questions. Leaders counterintuitively don't listen as well as they think they do because if you're like me and a leader, you've been trained your entire career to speak and to persuade and to sell and to influence. I don't know about you, but I don't vote for many candidates that are listening. I vote for them because they're charismatic and they have big, big energy and big ideas and they're talking and persuading me that they want to take the city, the country, the state, whatever where I want it to go. So there's a balance, isn't there? There's a balance of being an influential communicator with also being a trusted, influential listener. It's a tension. It's a healthy tension. Yes. So what advice would you have for business leaders that want to improve their communication? You need to ask. You need to build a confidence of trust. You need to make it safe for others around you to tell you their truth, their truth. Sit them down one-on-one in a meeting and say, okay, gang, I want to improve on my influence. I want to grow how many people trust me. I want to be a trusted, competent, influential leader. Specifically, in this meeting, I'd like for you to provide me some feedback on my communication skills. Now, that might mean different things to different people. That might mean my email, my text, my social media. It might mean my weekly blog. It might mean my team meeting. It might be the quarterly town hall. So be specific, right? That's a very broad question. 
you might compartmentalize it to say, you know, team, we have a weekly staff meeting and I'd like to get your feedback on areas of my strengths and areas of my weaknesses that if I were to double down on my strengths and be able to minimize my weaknesses, I could be a better communicator. I'd like to invite you to give me some feedback. I'm not going to refute it. I'm not going to dispute it or deny it or deflect it. I'm going to invite everyone to move outside of their comfort zone and take the risk to tell the boss or your peer, that's the case, my strengths and weaknesses. And by the way, I'm going to write down what you say, not by name, just so I can kind of see it. And I might ask you for some clarifying points. I might ask you, when have you seen me do that? Or when I do that, why do you think I do that? You're not my therapist, but I'd love to know when I raise my voice, why do I do that? What's happening? Do I seem to be insecure? Do I seem to be jealous? Do I seem to be frustrated? Did someone break a promise? And I think if you set the conditions where other people feel safe to speak their mind, you'll learn a ton. Yes. Love that, Scott. Well, Scott, thank you so much. How about this for listeners, I'm sure, that are going to want to either buy the book or start to follow you on social media? What are ways that people can connect with you on the internet? Well, as my wife says, it's hard not to find me these days, and that's not a compliment. She thinks I'm overexposed, but you can visit me at my website, scottjeffreymiller.com. You can Google me. You can go onto Amazon. All the books that I've authored are there, including the new release, Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from our greatest minds. You can connect to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Clubhouse, you name it, I'm there. Sounds awesome. Scott, on behalf of myself and all of our listeners, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation today. I really enjoyed the uh, viewpoints that you shared and always uh, appreciate your enthusiasm and authorship. My honor, Jay. Thank you again for shining your spotlight onto me. Before we move on to our next guest, let's hear from our amazing sponsor, Presentium. Do you spend way too much time creating presentations at work? Do you hate the hassle of creating polished presentations for work? If so, I've got an opportunity for you to reclaim your time, reduce your stress, and make your ideas shine. Think Deeply, Speak Simply is brought to you by Presentium. Presentium makes overnight presentations for enterprise customers at a fraction of the cost of design firms and agencies. They have made over 1 million slides and are trusted by thousands of enterprise customers. It is super easy to use. Just email Presentium a rough draft of your slides by 5.30 p.m. and you'll receive a beautifully crafted presentation in your inbox by 9.30 the next morning. Put Zen in your presentations, reclaim your time, and let your ideas shine. To learn more, visit Presentium.com. That's P-R-E-Z-E-N-T-I-U-M.com. And now back to the show. And with that, let's welcome Pradeep to the show. Pradeep, thank you so much for being here today. We're happy to have you. Hi, Jay. Happy to be here. Excellent. Uh, Pradeep, you're the uh, Director of Strategy and Planning at Cisco. Can you tell us about your position and the role that it plays within the company? Absolutely. As part of this role, I run a pricing strategy and analytics team. And one of the main objectives that we achieve within the company is to set the price for Cisco services on all the products that we set across networking, security, and collaboration. We work mostly also on business case development and coming up with what the entire picture for services and Cisco would look like in these huge transformational projects. That sounds great. Thank you. 
And today's episode is all about listening. And so by definition, running strategy and planning in a major corporation such as Cisco necessitates listening across many stakeholders. Can you talk to us about the importance of listening in your role? Absolutely. Listening is, I think, one of the most underappreciated skills out there because people talk about communicating well, communicating succinctly, but at the same time, the other side of the coin is listening. And how do you listen more attentively and so on? And especially in the current scenario where everyone's working remotely and you don't have people in the room to read their body language and to pick up what the mood in the room is, becomes so much more important to listen more clearly, carefully, and be present, more importantly. And I think one of the uh, key things also is how do you stay away from distractions? Because at home, you have multiple things. My dog's lying on the floor next to me daughter runs in from time to time. But how do you tune those out to be present in the conversation to listen to what the other person is saying? It is something uh, that's uh, hard to teach. Great answer. When you are uh, listening to learn, what are you listening for? There's a few things when you start off in any conversation, you have a rough mental map of where this conversation is going to go and what are some of the key topics that you want to hit. And when I'm listening to any conversation, I'm trying to see where the hotspots are in that mental map on what are people focusing or stressing more on and what are people not stressing enough on, because it gives me a sense of where they've actually devoted more of their time or where they want me to emphasize more rather than just focusing on the content. I think it helps me contextualize the conversation or the presentation that's being done to truly get the meaning of the particular interaction. Great point. And is there any particular advice that a manager or mentor shared with you about listening that has changed how you practice it? There's quite a few along the way, but I think there are many things that go unsaid in terms of advice from mentors or from leaders, because you learn a lot from even observing what they do. And in this experience, I've had the the privilege of working with many great leaders in my uh, career and even observing them from afar, even if they have not worked for them directly. And one of the things they uh, try to do is focus on what you're trying to communicate. And they're easy to catch people who kind of drift away and kind of bring you back to the point. And that shows that even though they might have like 20 different things running in their own mind, at that point of time, they know that they have to be part of that conversation to make sure that whoever is presenting to them or whoever is trying to communicate to them gets the best response from that particular leader. And I think that's one of the key points that I've heard is you might give 15 minutes to some person, but if you're giving 15 valuable minutes to them by listening to them, that will add so much more rather than giving half the attention and then having the person having to follow up with you or come back to you at a later date, which is just a bad experience for both parties. Absolutely. And there's multiple layers uh, to listening. And we've all heard someone saying that they felt that they were listened to, but not heard. How do you ensure that the teammates you work with feel heard? Yeah, great point. Great point. As you start going up the chain, it's not just listening to what your leadership says, but also listening to what your team has to say, because that becomes equally important in driving efficiency and being more productive and having an open channel of communication. I think one of the key things I ensure is that is I empathize with whatever the topic is and put myself in their shoes before they, as they communicate, whatever they're trying to communicate. I think from a a few points, again, as we start working remotely, a few things that I do personally, not that I'm saying everyone has to do it, uh, is I turn on the camera because I can make eye contact with the person that I'm talking to. I think it shows that I'm not distracted. I'm not on my phone or I'm not responding to an email 
things of that nature. And I also ask questions from time to time, which uh, helps the team members that I work with progress the conversation rather than saying, hey, I just want to share what I have and why don't you think about it and come back. It's short interaction, but if we are listening, you can actually help them move to the next step of whatever they are trying to do or move forward rather than being stuck and then waiting. And I think it just increases overall productivity. Uh, that's what I tend to listen to while I work with my team members. Yeah, And conversely, when true listening isn't prioritized in the workplace, what are the symptoms that you often see as a result? That's a very interesting question because I'll uh, probably put them into like three categories, right? I think from a, a personal point of view, it's just frustration. If somebody doesn't listen to you when you're presenting something and they're either distracted or not paying attention. And from a, a professional or from a, a project and a productivity point of view, you will start seeing drop in the time it takes to complete the project or the time it takes to get alignment with someone because you have to go back several times to get alignment because it's unlikely that somebody has been listening well and you're not able to get an answer for where you want to go. And I also, the other key point that I tend to emphasize on is the interpersonal relationships between people is if somebody doesn't listen enough, one, you lose the confidence that you have in them or the trust that you have in them. And even it's a little bit of mutual respect saying, Hey, I put in the effort and I'm coming and sharing with you and you have to devote that equal amount of time. So I think the interpersonal relationship, the personal frustration and the project or the professional movement of the work itself gets hampered. So I think those are the things I would uh, be very wary of. What advice would you give your younger self about listening to learn? Or is there a time in your career where you witnessed listening truly change an outcome? I think I, think I might have to think about this and go back <laughs> a while to my younger self. Yeah. But I think there, there have been instances when um, everybody starts off in their career where they're very excited about something that they want to share. And without giving pause, you keep going on and on about everything that you have done and what could have been a 10-minute conversation with your manager where you could have shared your findings, shared your recommendations and gotten the feedback where uh, you want to spend more time on what they think and how the project should go forward rather than I'm saying if it's a 30-minute meeting, you end up sharing so much that you eat up 25 minutes of the time. You don't have enough time to kind of listen to what the other person has to say to the work that you have done. And I think that's one feedback I would have probably given myself because I knew I was very excited when I had a breakthrough in some project and I would just not stop. So uh, that's definitely one thing I would go back and say is hold your excitement to a level where you give enough time to the others also to respond and uh, not just take up all the time. That, that certainly resonates. But if this is a question we ask of all of our guests on the show, do you think great business communication is more of an art or science and why? Oh, that's a great point. I think it's a combination of both without a doubt, right? I think the science part comes in how you uh, force yourself to do certain things rigorously. And it comes only with practice. It's not something you can say, I'm going to turn it on and I'm just going to become a great listener. It's how do you ensure that you gamify staying away from distractions? Yeah, I turn on my phone on silent, turn the screen down. I don't want to look at notifications popping in because I have to pay attention uh, like I previously mentioned, I turn on the camera because I want to make sure that the other person is seeing that I am actually looking at them as well. Some of those small things are things that you can actually force yourself to do every time and it becomes a habit over a period of time. But the art part of it is how do you engage and how do you also communicate back saying that you're actively listening? Listening doesn't just mean you're nodding your head and you're 
giving all the ha at different points of time but also asking the right questions to show that you are listening in depthly to the things that are being said and the things that are not being said and how do you uncover those things and i think that's definitely where the art and the science part of it kind of uh, uh, both have an equal role to play great answer a final question what advice would you have for aspiring business leaders who want to improve their communication the communication i uh, like i said in the beginning of the uh, podcast as well is a two way street it's uh, one how do you communicate well how do you succinctly communicate but also picking up what other people are saying and how they are responding to what you say is equally important the more crisp the communication is and the more preparation that has gone into what you need to say goes a long way i think even a few roughly drafted bullet points on what you want to communicate during a meeting goes a long way usually people think of preparation before a meeting as hey i don't have 30 minutes to spend to prepare before i go into a 30 minute meeting but i think it might take like 30 seconds to just jot down here are the key items that i want to hit during the meeting uh, rough bullet points right and i think that will help because there is a certain response that you're expecting from the audience when you hit those key bullet points and that's where listening comes in and saying how do you take that information in and become a great communicator uh, or great in communications so i think both of them go hand in hand and it's almost like a a cyclical loop the better you listen the better you're able to communicate and the better you communicate the better you're able to listen so i think they go hand in hand i love that cyclical concept Pretty fun myself myself and all of our listeners just want to say thank you so much for joining us today and preparing uh, as you just described for this podcast interview. I really appreciate your thoughtful answers. Thank you Jay, happy to be here. Excellent. We all know that being a good listener improves the experience of the one doing the talk. But today's guest point out that listening with a focus on what can be learned greatly improves the experience of the listener as well. There's so much to learn if we simply open our ears and listen rather than plotting our next talking point or trying to steer a conversation to fit our narrative. Scott aptly applies this to the concept of mentorship, asserting that when you're speaking with your mentor, you should only be doing 20% of the talking. And when you do talk, ask your mentor a question and just listen and take notes of his or her answer. When they're done speaking, ask them to elaborate. That way you can learn as much as possible from just listening to someone who can help you succeed. Pradeep definitely points out the consequences that a lack of listening has on the workplace. For starters, interpersonal relationships suffer. If you're perceived as a poor listener, it can be interpreted as a lack of respect for others. So Pradeep recommends one tip: make a mental map in your mind of the conversation you want to have, noting the key points as if they were hot spots on the map to revisit later, and then let the conversation organically unfold from there. On behalf of our amazing sponsor Presentium and executive producer Rajat Mishra, thank you for listening to this episode of Think Deeply, Speak Simply. I'm your host Jay Rook, and if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and we'd love it if you would rate and review the show. Until next time, think deeply and speak simply. Thank you for listening to another episode of Think Deeply, Speak Simply. To learn more about the art and science of communicating ideas, visit our thought leadership library at presentium.com.